So, this evening, I'd like to uh, take a slight detour from the seven awakening factors, which some of you know we've been, I've been uh, sort of following a little bit this, this month. Um, but hopefully we can see how, how the theme, this evening's theme, kind of, yeah, connects maybe in different ways for different ones of us. And uh, what I'd like to offer some reflections and some teachings on this evening are the four Brahma Viharas. Yeah. Um, so perhaps we can, uh, we, we have met these teachings before. Maybe we have met these great qualities uh, in our life in our mind, in our uh, different situations. We know, yeah, goodwill, kindness, metta. It's uh, quality, natural in a human being and um, other beings, but clear about it being present in human beings as a potential, as a natural uh, capacity. Compassion also, quality, capacity, skill, different ways we can understand these great qualities. And mudita, appreciative joy, gladness and goodness, And equanimity, upeka. So, this is uh, this is something I've it's been in a somehow very central part of my own practice and cultivation, and and their themes I, I love coming back to again and again. And yeah, we thought somehow this evening this might be an enriching. Uh, offering um, and again as always for each of you to feel a sense of what's just you know listening in that spacious grounded way where you don't feel you have to pick up on anything but just to allow uh, for resonances to happen just yeah to see what might be there for you this evening, and I find again and again as I revisit these themes, I always feel somehow new and fresh. Is that sense of, you know, the understanding deepens, and a sense of there's so much. There's always so much more to to, to discover, to understand about what these are, how to practice them, how to embody them, how to to live uh, to live them. And I think part of this reflection and part of this this cultivation is um, <laughs> is my experience certainly i I hear it with others can can often be a sense of of um what feeling impeded or blocked or hindered hindered from somehow really accessing these qualities in our meditation in our life you know in our relationships and and I know 
for me, I often say this when I teach, like when I started doing, you know, metta meditation, I kind of had this vague sense that it was kind of a good thing we all, you know, once a day would say, may you be well and may you be well. It's like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> but I couldn't, I just didn't connect. And I don't know, you know, if that's true for you, you know, I, I, I sympathize. Um, and it feels like it's been a long process of really again and again engaging and exploring and gradually feeling a sense of understanding, you know, sort of really beginning to, uh, yeah, experience that more in the, in the life, in the, you know, in the inner world and in the world of expression and relationship and, and, and work and so on. So I had a couple of thoughts about um, so examples of, of where sometimes I'm very intentionally and sometimes, you know, they, they just sort of are there, I guess, because I've reflected on them and practiced with them quite a bit. So I was thinking in, in conversation, because it's, it's interesting, you're, you're on silent retreat and I talk a lot. <laughs> I'm talking a lot most days <laughs> it's kind of ironic really I always feel slightly guilty or something I come in I'm like oh I've got to be quiet now <laughs> yes it's silent you know and so um through this work through this function of you know of often a lot talking and listening and relating and, and so on that I I realized that actually for me, and I at different times I've articulated this, that for me the Brahma Viharas are my holding form for that. I, and I think, you know, sometimes I'm more aware of that ex- explicitly, but so there's a sense of, and again, you know, I don't know quite how, what comes across to you, you know, who knows? Well, anyway, you know, leave that for an interview and you're feeling brave or something. It's like, yeah, you think you're being friendly? Yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah, well, dream on. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> As I said, more, much more to learn, much more to learn. But that sense of offering, of wanting to kind of, when you come in and like, I, you know, it's like, oh, hi, you know, greeting, welcome, some sense of gladness to see you and a wish to offer, a wish to support. And then the metta. I don't know what you come in with, you often fear. Like, oh my God, what she gets, she's going to tell me I'm doing it wrong. Or Anyway, this <laughs> could be interesting as, yeah, sitting in the yogi seats. I go, right, okay. Metta, yeah, karuna, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, medita, oh yeah, this could be really helpful. <laughs> I'll have to try that next time I'm on retreat and I'm scared of going for interviews. Like, okay, let's bring the Brahma Viharas in here. Oh God, they're all universally helpful. So then, then as I listen and, and I'm aware of, of some of what's going on for you and there's a sense of feeling sometimes the difficulty and then that sense of, of compassion, of care to, to, to some degree that sort of starts to resonate or at least there's the intention. There's the intention to, um, you know, sense or hear or feel or you know, resonate with what, what might be difficult. And, and sometimes it's not. That's lovely. You know, feel free to come in and not have any difficulty. You know, that's fine. Um, great. Um, yes, I think of one of my teachers saying, no, this, is, this practice is about suffering. But it's also about non-suffering. 
I remember that. <laughs> and so then, then I, yeah, and I listen, and even in the course of one conversation, you know how it goes, it's like this, this awful thing has happened, and then actually I felt really good, and there was this calm, and, you know, this beautiful experience of emptiness, and, you know, and then I feel this mudita, and this gladness, and it's like, yeah, isn't that it's great when that happens, you know, and so happy for you, and... And then, um, and then all that really bad bit that happened, and then equanimity. So I, I realize there's sometimes, you know, for me, is in the in that sort of listening seat. It's like I can f- I can feel it so much as a as a practice of equanimity. Like I really don't want you to suffer. You know, I'd really rather you didn't. <laughs> or you know, like last week you came in and you were really suffering, and this week you're fine, and I'm like ready to go, oh, oh, and then I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> and then that sense of equanimity and a sense of, you know, that practice of really wanting, and those of you who, I don't know, teach or do therapy or other things, or, you know, how you show up for your friends and family, you know, this is so, this is so, so applicable. It's like, yeah, that sense of, being able to be steady, you know, and 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 you know, you, you know, it's going to change. <laughs> you know, sometimes you don't say that because you're like, you just, yeah, yeah, enjoy, enjoy. And then inside, you're thinking, yeah, it's going to change. <laughs> Which it does, doesn't it? Anybody say it doesn't? Mm. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was a lovely example, I hope. You know, a kind of interesting example of, of, of I want to get into some of the more, you know, meditative, you know, meditation on your cushion, on retreat. But yes, sometimes when I teach... Um, not so much now, but before I used to visit, you know, little sitting groups and sanghas, and 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 this would be my, along with the um, precepts, the other five ethical precepts, this would be my teaching on like, they'd ask me how how do we get along, you know, <laughs> how do we survive as a community? I see, well, metta, karuna, mudita, upeka, you know, go through them and just encourage that sense both for people individually and like what would it be like you know if that was a commitment and a shared intention and exploration and training for you with another person with your family with any any group so I'm, I'm obviously there's more needed than that but somehow there's a lot in there but then I think maybe this is another example of where um you know, the Dharma and the different themes have these TARDIS-like quality. Those of you who don't know um, what a TARDIS is, it's from the British show Doctor Who on TV. He's a time traveller, or she, I think there's a she now. They, they, uh, and so he travel time travels, or the ones I remember when I was young, in this um, old-fashioned English phone box, which is, you know, about yay tall and sort of that wide and 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 so he would go in and and then it was huge inside it was like vast um anyway i i I don't know if that but it's like you open the door of 
almost any Dharma theme, don't you find the whole of the Dharma in there? If you just rummage around long enough, you're like, oh, and then that's that bit. Oh, and that's there. And then, oh, look, that's here too. (laughs) So maybe that again, you know, depending on what you're, you know, it's like mindfulness, it's it's all in there as well. So interesting, isn't this holographic nature of the Dharma? Maybe that's why it feels like there's endless things to explore and understand in terms of all the connections and so on. So flexibility. This is something that seems to me really interesting. You know, we think of them, right, I'm I'm cultivating metta now. I'm going to do that for, you know, an hour or a month or whatever it is. And that's wonderful, and that's sort of we can engage in that in a a retreat space like this. But again, I feel like in in life and 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 maybe on retreat in some ways, like even so, take a single sitting or walking. So, what would it be like to really? You could try it out if you want. It's like beginning with a sense of may this may this be supportive. I mean, how often do you sit on the cushion and think that? Isn't it like, right, let's get to work? Or, okay, this would better be better than this morning. Or, <laughs> you fill in the blank. It's so interesting, like, well, actually, oh God, here we are, here we are again. Oh, damn, it's like, oh God, I suppose I better stay for a while. <gasps> um, so, what would it be to bring that sense of, this is a meta, this is a kindness. And I always think of that. The practice is a kindness to ourselves and to others. It's like, oh, oh. How how would that feel if you really, yeah, like it wasn't to make me better than I am because I'm really bad. So come on, let's get to work. Or what if it was like, this is like an, an a real genuine act of kindness, an offering, a, a sort of offer of support to this being, right? And then as the sit goes on, that, that horrible pain, or whatever it is, you know, the, you know, the 75th thousandth time that that story has run, you know, today, perhaps that's a slight exaggeration, that would be pretty amazing, but maybe possible, I don't know. The Guinness Book of Records of hindrance attacks, closes. How many hindrances could you get into a minute? <laughs> no problem. Several, several times, yeah. Yeah. So the compassion, that sense of what would it be, you know, and I obviously this is part of our training and sometimes I feel like it can be so elusive there's something difficult or painful and almost the last thing we think of is, oh, Compassion, kindness, care, kind of a sense of spacious presence, yeah, accompaniment. What you would offer probably another person more, much more easily. Isn't that most of us? It's amazing, you know. And so, yeah. So I will, I will I'll say more about each of these, but then let's continue with our sit. And then, yeah, again, that sense of, oh, some kind of degree of settling or something something opens up or something relaxes or you know just some sense of 
of of of the goodness of the practice or you know a moment of just seeing the buddha and and just thinking oh thank you you know i'm really struggling right now but thank you yeah okay and then yeah mudita and for the other people here you know maybe you sometimes i don't know if you do that sometimes i look around and i just feel so much so much gladness and and sort of you know so glad for you to have the opportunity to be here so glad for me as well um not always of course but yeah so and then during again if we're continuing with our imaginary sit which could be right now it could be just you know experience of being here during this talk the different experiences and thoughts and feelings and a sense of what would it be like to hold all that with a sense of equanimity so I like it I don't like it that was good that's I don't agree or okay no (laughs) that's all okay and just yeah yeah so anyway I just it's just two very simple examples and this sense of the flexibility as conditions change that you know where compassion is is really needed and then the next moment it's something more like gladness and then how somehow these all come together perhaps at times and again we have sometimes and this is you know the mind of the the fully awakened being is this sort of sense of a full development of these wholesome qualities and the awakening factors and other wholesome qualities that somehow there's a again a kind of alchemy or a kind of yeah they're all supporting and and balancing each other Hmm. okay so let's see Hmm. so we might we might have different ways of understanding these of, of kind of what kind of quality of mind they are and how to practice them and how to cultivate them we might usefully think of them as 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 attitudes or intentions or ways of seeing as seeing through the eyes of kindness what does the world look like what what does yeah what does a situation look like interesting possibility or maybe we can see them as um, we can practice them as like a a very intentional inquiry or interest into uh, bringing them into again the speech and action and just again kind of just uh, opening to that possibility perhaps I think um, a word I like is inclination, inclin- inclining of mind. I like the idea of through the reflection or the meditation or study. I wrote this list of all different ways you could develop this. Um, and it, it's not conclusive at all. Study, conversation, remembering, imagining. I want to throw in dancing actually just to be a bit naughty um giving um creating yeah so maybe many many ways of cultivating these qualities and how it you know how that can be different in different people's lives yeah different ways of cultivating them
but inclining a sense of maybe you know that like a, then it becomes a slope and it's like then the energy the attention the intention sort of just starts to run that way yeah the buddha uses that image quite a lot doesn't he of sort of sloping and inclining towards wonderfulness um so that we possibly even without realizing it i i sometimes think other people get more of the fruits of this than we do that somehow you know more and more of our thoughts and intentions kind of kind of go that way um yeah and that it feels good doesn't kindness feel good <laughs> i think this is very interesting kind of this I was talking with a couple of people already already this week about wholesome pleasure. And I think this is one of the wholesome pleasures, like to notice the 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 there's a sort of pleasant there's a certain sort of pleasantness or yeah, wholesome feeling in in kindness or compassion. It's very um worth noticing. I think it can really help encourage the the cultivation um yeah and and like you know the awakening factors i think these qualities help to dissolve the hindrances and the kilesas and all the you know all the difficult un, unhappy and all of that you know stuff all of those states of mind it can help to hold them soften them you know, maybe even eventually uproot, uproot them. I mean, that's the that's the possibility that's that's offered to us. I mean, that's yeah, through purification of the mind and the heart. So I, was, I had this image of the the hindrances and then the awakening factors on one side, kind of eating them up, like digesting, like kind of munching, dissolving. Um, metabolizing, digesting that kind of image, and then on the other side of the Brahma Vihara is also getting kind of like so. Maybe that's a crazy image, but anyway, it's. I, I wanted to connect it with the awakening factors somehow. <laughs> maybe it works. Yeah, I guess we also have a sense of. No, it does connect. Honestly, really, just wait, just wait, just wait. Be patient with me. Yeah. Um, you know, I think last, well, we were talking about before this sense of the, you know, the hindrances that go up and the awakening factors go down. And we can see the same thing with the Brahmaviharas and the hindrances, and you know, the more angry you are, probably the less, the easier it is to be kind, right? It's kind of obvious in, in one, one level. But again, as with the hindrances, this magic of, when you bring mindfulness and investigation to the difficult, to the painful, to the anger, to the whatever it is, then those factors are being strengthened. And exactly the same principle applies with the Brahmaviharas in a way. If, if you can find a way of, of, it, of it not just being some idealistic, you know, well, I, when I get to heaven or something then, you know, but actually in the murky, you know, sort of, experience of anxiety and fear and resentment and and greed and all of that ah brahmaviharas bring bring them it's like can you see it's like then 
they are growing, the Brahma Viharas are growing. That's almost like the energy, the energy is drawn somehow from the hindrance of the energy is drawn into the awakening factors or the or the or the, or the Brahma Viharas. At least that's how it can feel to me. And I was I was sensing this a bit this morning. Was it this morning? No, it was yesterday morning. When I was sharing Bhikkhu Inalio's lovely sort of concise description of, of the experience of mindfulness as soft, awake presence. And I was, I was thinking for me, that soft part, the receptive open, like I can, f- I could see that as metta. Like for me that, that, and maybe, yeah, I, f- I find that helpful. Maybe it's because of a such strong tendency to aversion that actually to consciously like sh- intend, incline a little bit even towards, okay, you know, accepting and so on, that actually it's, it's like it corrects an almost unconscious aversion that's like in the mind going to be mindful and mindful, yeah, I'm mindful of that, I'm mindful of that, good, no. <laughs> but you're doing it unconsciously I think this is so interesting and I find this again and again when I if I, br- if I can find a way of bringing some intentional kindness in I realise that I've b- there's been this sort of edge of harshness or grumpiness or nah, I don't really care or you know something like that that I wasn't even I didn't even realise it was there until you bring the matter in and you go whoa yeah right um, hmm. and so what for me in the in these cultivations has been so important is this sense of you you don't have to you don't have to feel um, you don't have to um feel all loving and you know and i mean in order to practice and cultivate these i mean sometimes you do and that's great but I think, yeah, there's just, uh, I think that's just so important to, to realize that we can still cultivate them in the face of what is really very annoying, embarrassing, awkward. You know, you'd rather it wasn't there. You can still do it. So many benefits of this practice. You know, it can be very conducive to insight, what you see about, again, about your mind. You know, the the things impede and and the way the way the way yeah the way it works. Um, it they can also be a vehicle for concentration to um, into absorption. They can also they're also called the doorways or four of door, the doorways to the deathless. So there's there's yeah just that if you like oh. So these qualities as, as you know, really, really highly, fully developed potentials have that, have that power potentially to bring us to the, the doors of the deathless, the unconditioned, Nibbana. So they support and balance each other they support and balance each other. Um, so I want to share a, a teaching that um, I put together 
um, with a, a colleague I used to teach with, Paul Burroughs. So I want to credit him because part of this was sort of taken from something he wrote. So metta, the love that connects, is an antidote to all forms of aversion. It is not attachment. If it slides into sentimentality, karuna brings the heart back into balance. I will put it on the board for anybody who's interested, so you can look at it again if you want. Karuna, the love that responds, is an antidote to cruelty. It is not pity. If it slides into sorrow, mudita brings the heart back into balance. Mudita, the love that celebrates, is an antidote to envy. It is not competitive. If it slides into agitated excitement, upeka brings the heart back into balance. Upeka, the love that allows, is the antidote to partiality. It is not indifference. If it slides into disconnection, metta brings the heart back into balance. So many ways we can connect with these qualities and you know, I know you probably all have practices that you do, different practices that you do, perhaps with these or no um but one way I think has helped me at times is poetry and how it can express Again, in the language of of feeling and imagery, for some of us, perhaps not for all of us, it can it can speak more directly to the heart. And what we're looking for, in a way, are the kinds of memories or reflections or phrases or stories or memories, yeah, that will catalyze something that will ah, kind of have that sense of bringing it to life. And then in the meditation, if we then, then we, we kind of sustain that or abide with that. And then there's that sense of learning how it can start to infuse the mind. Um, so I'm going to share again one of my top ten poems. Um, I hope I didn't read it last week. I don't think I did. Week before. It's by the great Mary Oliver. May she, may she rest in peace. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. 
Meanwhile the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. So, I'm already aware I'm not going to get through a lot of what I wanted to share, but that's not surprising really, actually. Yeah, so, I wanted to um, share um, and just reflect a bit on a way that I've recently been practicing particularly metta I think it can apply to the other Brahmaviharas as well and I'm not going to guide a meditation but I just want to speak through some of the um, some of the uh, yeah the modes or the qualities because for me it's been a really helpful way and again it's this, this principle of translation somehow of finding your way, finding a way that is meaningful and resonant for you to find your way in. So what I'll often start with in my own practice and in when I guide is that sense of, okay, we begin simply by acknowledging you know, what's happening in the heart, in the body, in the mind right now. Just... Right. Maybe you say that starts with the, the almost the bare mindfulness, just knowing, just knowing, which is already often, obviously, as you know, quite a shift from from reactivity. Often, just feeling, knowing, recognizing, just what's there. And again, you might stay with that for quite a while. Actually, that may be what's needed. Again, the kindness of mindfulness itself. That's just that's really, really mostly what's needed. And a sense of, of, of finding some sense of being comfortable or, um, yeah, feeling like you, you're really here. Feel the ground, feel your place. You have your, you have your place here. You have your place. You can actually open to your experience. And then it kind of, it kind of opens into something more like welcome. I'm welcome. This being is welcome. The sense of allowing or letting be, and then spending some time with that as a just a sense of giving that message to the being, to the body, to the mind. You're welcome here. Because so many of us, I don't think it's just me. And of course, it's never. Whenever you think that, it definitely isn't just you. <laughs> Are the experience of not really feeling welcome on the planet. And just, you know, for different different reasons, maybe different ways, you know, to do with our family or society or, you know, racism or war or all of these different 
you know, just ways in which maybe different ways in all of us differently feel that sense I'm not really welcome. I'm not really welcome. And so to to that have that inside you, you know, as a kind of condition, I'm not really allowed to be here. You know, like say smallifying. It's like I know you're not really allowed to be here. And this is I'm again, I want you to really see this as a you could develop your own because this is all in a way very particular to my particular conditioning and history and all of that and the sense of what's carried and then how how much difference it makes when I feel like that's met that might be different for you but this allowing and letting be and then again deepening that feels to me like a deepening and a kind of expansion of now completely allowed and then a bit of you goes really I don't think so (laughs) not like this no, it's like you begin to maybe l- let the antennae start to pick up the sense of the metta as boundless, unconditional. It doesn't, it's not measuring, it's not judging, it's not because you're this or that. It's like just because you are completely welcome, completely accepted completely allowed to be here and I can hang out with that part for a long time (laughs) and just again allowing the mind the body the being to just start to really absorb that and pick up on it even a little bit so for me again there can be some very hard hardnesses can't there and sort of where you just feel really no no I'm not I'm not allowed I've just got to stay here in my small bits and you know Um, but just gradually, gently, like soft rain. Sometimes the Buddha would talk about metta as like a soft rain falling on the ground and it gradually softens it. And then that can deepen if you're daring enough to. How would it feel? And again, you can use your imagination if you don't have the memory, because some of us don't. Or it's hard to find the memory of really being loved and accepted just as we are. So for me, that imagining, what would it be like? What would it feel like? Like I can actually find my way somewhere. Oh, what would it feel like to feel right now, just as I am, feel completely loved and accepted? So it's the lovability of beings that Metta reveals. Yeah. And then opening out to see what helps maybe images, particular memories, again, this sort of using imagination. And when you feel something that's resonant, you know, you can come back to it. And allowing the sense of that energy or intention to to begin to resonate in the being. Again, this is, I'm telling you, this is a work of years. <laughs> this is years worth of work. This sounds easy, so it's not, yeah, um... And then invite the other, invite in the other, or invite in what, f- you know, people here. So this is the way it works for me somehow often that rather than beginning with another, I start and then maybe you, then you can have this great kind of party, you know, see the meta party, you just bring them in, bring them in and Again, you can you can feel what what's helpful, like you, if your benefactors or you know people you love and you know they love you, or 
People have shown you kindness. People have shown you support now or in the past. Um, Yeah, and then you can always come back. You can always come back to just feeling the body, feeling the heart, you know, just keep checking in with the sense of your own presence and kind of keep including that. I, I think for me, one of the things that prevented the, the metta practice from really flowering is I felt like I was excluded from the practice. And there was some division between this, may I be well, may you be well, and there was this little being somewhere over here going, um, yeah, but I feel really bad and uh, I don't really know why we're doing this. <laughs> so I don't know, that again, I just... To include, include, include just somehow feels incredibly helpful. So then, again, it's, I mean, you know, oh, sorry. This could be um, over an hour or longer or not. Then then we can start getting into suffusing. Sorry, is that me or is that the... Oh, dear. What have I done? Okay, let's try and go on. Um, Suffusing, pervading, radiating. Different images may be helpful like this. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.